Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community. Good morning, church family. We're going to start this morning's conversation by reading from Psalm 96, the first few verses beginning in verse 1. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. Tell of his glory among the nation, his wonderful deeds among all the peoples. This morning, we're going to be talking about singing, which could seem a bit peculiar to start a conversation about why we sing as a church community when the way that we gather to sing, it looks a bit different than it has in the past, and it will look a bit different when we're able to gather in person again, which is hopefully sooner rather than later. Can I get an amen, church family? Now, over the last year, I found that one of the things I miss most about gathering together in person is singing together. When we're able to do so at our one all-church gathering of the past year at Ricky and Elizabeth's dairy farm in Montpelier last fall, when we were able to sing together as a church family, I was filled with gratitude. And it was kind of like being thankful for breathing. You don't really notice it, but when you slow down long enough and you pause and you think about it, you realize how much of a gift it is, right? And so we come together every week and we sing as a church family. Now that's virtually right now. And before we reflect a bit more on the theme of why we sing or how the psalmist's invitation to sing a new song, I'd like to briefly speak to two groups of people. Now I presume in our church community that there's a group of people who likes to sing and a group of people who don't like to sing. And some of these words and encouragement, they might seem a bit strange and might be more relevant for when we're gathering in person again together. So keep them in your back pocket for when we're singing in person again. But first, to those of you who like to sing, I want you to know that you have permission to sing as freely as you'd like. If you want to get into it or you need to just go for it, do it. Do not be ashamed. Please do not be ashamed. In fact, we need your voice. There are often some of us who we don't have the strength to sing. It took all of our strength and our energy just to attend, whether it's in person or virtually logging on. It took all of our strength to just get here this morning, and we just don't have the energy to sing. The thought of singing can be a bit much for some of us. And we need your voice. We need your voice because we don't have the strength to lift up our own. And when you sing, it gives us hope. It gives us hope that we might be able to find our voice as well. That when you sing truths about who God is and who God says that we are. You give us hope that we might be able to lean and learn how to trust in those truths 
as well when we're personally wrestling with and struggling with doubt. If you've ever wanted to just sing and go for it and get into it and you haven't felt comfortable in our space of gathering as a church family, I'm sorry for that. And I'm praying that when we're able to gather in person again, that you won't have to feel that, but you will be free to sing as freely as you'd like. Now, to those of you that don't like to sing or you don't have the strength or the energy to do, show, do so, do not be ashamed. It's okay. Let's be honest. Singing together, it's a bit strange. Let's think about some of the other places where in our modern culture, people gather together to sing. Birthday parties, karaoke bars, maybe at New Year's Eve, people kind of fumble through Odd Lang, right? Maybe at a concert, probably not in, at a concert in Vermont, right? Maybe at a sports ball event. If you know me, I'm a huge fan of the US soccer team specifically the U.S. women's national team. And I know about a dozen chants, so if I get together with other U.S. soccer fans, we might chant together classics such as Sweet Carly Lloyd, bum bum bum, her goals never look so good. You guys know it? Maybe not. There are times when we just don't want to sing or we don't have the energy and that's Okay, and if we're being honest, a lot of us probably feel that way more than we care to admit. Now here's the thing, our two options when we sing together as a church community isn't just be fully into it or cross your arms and play Candy Crush until our time of singing is over. Have you ever been fully present in a conversation without saying a word? I've been a part of some electric conversations while saying little to no words, when I've been able to be fully present and pay attention to the words, ideas, emotions, the back and forth between people without feeling the need to jump in. You don't need to sing in order to be a participant. Being fully present is participation. And we're about to get into why we sing a bit more, but it's not really about the singing. It's about participation in a shared experience. Now back to the psalmist's invitation. The psalmist's invitation in Psalm 96, it begins with a call to sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. As we talk about singing as a church community, I find myself compelled by this idea of singing a new song. I've been reading Tolkien recently with my oldest daughter, Anaya, and Anaya's been joining us in the comments and I just love it. So if you see Anaya in the comments, make sure you say hey to her. Uh, if she asks a question, respond to it. I just love seeing it. And we've been reading Tolkien. Tolkien. Tolkien is great, right? Can I get an amen from my fellow Church of the Well nerds? I know you're there. I know you're out there. And Anaya and I, we recently finished The Hobbit. We're currently reading The Fellowship of the Ring. And one of the things you notice when reading Tolkien is the importance of singing in the books. Anaya likes to read, and Anaya really likes to read the verses of song when we get to them. So we, we take turns reading the rest 
of the book, but she always insists on reading the verses of song. And one of the things I've noticed about Tolkien is there are old songs and new songs. There, there are new songs that just come fresh to the mind of Sam Gamgee or Frodo or Bilbo, but there are also some old songs, and then those old songs just come up and they end up being recited. But as you read, you begin to notice that the old songs, they seem to bring meaning to the present context, whether that context is hopeful or foreboding. And in a sense, the old songs become new songs. This is why I love singing hymns and classics as a church family, some of which find their roots in ancient Hebrew. And so we're singing songs from thousands of years ago, or, or songs from the 1600s, or the 800s, or the 1800s. But have you noticed that these songs, they often have the capacity to bring meaning to our present context. The language and the words may be old, but the songs, they can become new because they bring meaning to our present context. Now, another reason I'm fascinated by this idea of singing a new song, this call, this invitation, is the hope of growing in the practice of singing a new song to God as, church, as a church family. When I was living in Portland, Oregon, I attended a church that had its roots in the charismatic Pentecostal movement of the 50s and 60s, and it was at that church where I was introduced to the practice of singing a new song. Now, this practice, it could take many shapes or forms. Sometimes during a church service, the, the, the worship team, they would intentionally leave space in a song in between the chorus and the verse uh, for what they would call free praise, where the church was encouraged to sing a new song to God. And so that's one way that singing, the practice of singing a new song to God was introduced to me. But it could also look like being in your bedroom or your dorm room with or without a guitar and bringing a new song to God, bringing a song to God. Now, I wouldn't really categorize Church at the Well as a charismatic church, but our church is rooted in the belief that the Holy Spirit is active in our lives and in our church community, and we do believe in the gifts of the Spirit as a church. And so you might be able to categorize our church as like a lower C charismatic church. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And, and one of the things I believe that the Holy Spirit can lead us into, into is singing a new song to God. Now, while I believe that singing a new song is a spirit-filled, spirit-led activity, I don't believe or, or mean that singing a new song needs to be overly spiritualized. In fact, the practice of singing a new song to God, it can be simple. One of the simplest ways to start is by taking one thought or phrase or idea and incorporating it into our prayers and our singing. As in really simple, take something you are honestly feeling and sing it to God. Something like, thank you, 
or you are good, or I love you. And if the Psalms have taught us anything, these simple expressions, ideas, phrases, they don't have to be flowery niceties. They can also be guttural cries and pleas, things like, help my unbelief. Things are hard. I need you. Or I'm dry and empty and I thirst for you. Or bring peace to my anxious heart. Bring peace to my anxious heart. And one of the ways you can incorporate the practice of singing a new song to God is to take what is in you to God in song, literally. And so during our time of singing as a church, take a simple phrase to God in song, even if it if, if it's, comes in a whisper, or if you feel more comfortable in your car or room, you shouldn't be ashamed of bringing a new song to God. So start in a way that feels safe and authentic to you and where you are at. And I wouldn't be surprised to hear that as you practice, you'll find your song growing and changing, almost as if a song is being written with new verses and a new chorus. And of course, as I mentioned, there will be times when old songs become new songs to you. I'm gonna be honest, I've had a hard time worshiping and singing during this last season, over the last several months, but I have been able to sing one song, and it's an old one from the 90s, the 1990s, not the first century 90s, so I guess it's not that old in that context. And it's the song No Weapon, by Fred Hammond, and it is just straight 90s gospel music fire. And the refrain of the song has been so needed for me. No weapon formed against me. I won't go much longer into the refrain, but no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It won't work, and it just continues. God will do what he said he will do. He will stand by his word. He will come through. And I'm not kidding when I say that that song has been on repeat on my Spotify for the last several months when old songs give words to our present context. They, in a sense, become new songs. Now, maybe singing together isn't as strange as I mentioned it was earlier this morning. The way our culture engages singing, it's relatively new compared to the rest of human history. If you think about it, singing in modern culture is more about a commodity than something you participate in. Now, perhaps some of that is due to the advent of the recording or LPs, then cassette tapes and CDs, and eventually streaming service where the highest value our society places on song is its capacity to be sold as a commodity. But what if we needed singing now more than ever before? Worship pastor Troy Hatfield says this, singing together is a culturally subversive act of mutual submission. I'll say that again. 
Singing together is a culturally subversive act of mutual submission. My oldest daughter, Anaya, she's been teaching herself to play the piano throughout quarantine on, on her keyboard at home. And sometimes she uses a metronome to find the tempo of a song. And when it begins, she has to find the right tempo and play in time with the metronome. Singing together, it's kind of like that. When we do it, it can take some time to find the tempo, but when we find it, who is leading the tempo isn't entirely clear. You're just in it, dialed in, so to speak. And this, this I believe, has the capacity to open us up to God and each other in incredible ways. Walter Brueggemann wrote this, the empire, a word we might use for empire is culture, the culture. So Walter Brueggemann says the empire or, or the culture knows that people who can boldly sing together have not accepted royal reality. In other words, we don't have to live according to the rampant individualism and consumerism all around us. In 1987, Bruce Chatwin is an author. He released a book called The Song Lines, and it was a combination of fiction and travel history, and it detailed the Aboriginal use of song lines in the Australian outback. Now, song lines were songs that were actually used as maps by the indigenous people of Australia in the, in the outback, and often these songs, they would provide clues or features to look for where you needed to turn. And sometimes these songs, they, they actually were intended to last for the entire duration of a specific journey. And so when it was finished, you, you knew that you had arrived at your destination. Now, these song lines, they often quite literally meant life or death. For this community of people. They provided the map for a safe journey. I wonder if there's something in there for us today. I wonder if this is one of the reasons why we sing, because these ancient and new songs provide a way for us to find our way together. A journey that is less about a destination but a journey that is about discovering who we are in God as detailed in scripture and preached by Jesus, that we are loved and forgiven, that death and darkness do not have the last word, that resurrection can be relied upon and has changed the world. Which brings me to our conclusion. Our song then is for God, and from God. It's like the song we sing. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We breathe in from God and we breathe out to God. When we sing together, we are breathing in and breathing out together at the same time. We're pausing at the same time. We're in cadence at the same time. And not only are we breathing in and breathing out together, 
When we do this, we are proclaiming holy, holy, holy together. We are participating in the invitation to be full of awe and gratitude of a holy God. Holy in scripture means set apart, other than, pure. When we sing of the holiness of God together, we're not singing of a God who is unknowable. Instead, we're singing, when we sing of the holiness of God together, we're singing of a God who is endlessly knowable. When we sing holy. This is why old songs can become new, and this is why we will always be able to sing new, new songs. And this is why I am hopeful for a time when we're able to gather together in person again and participate in singing old, new songs and new, new songs with all of you. And there will be times when you don't feel like singing and you don't have the strength, and that's okay. And I am hopeful that there will also be times when you just can't wait to jump in and sing and feel no shame about doing so. And until then, we can get some practice in, in the sanctuary of our living room, in our bedrooms, in our dorm rooms, in our cars, as we discover the new songs God's Spirit is inviting us into. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the invitation to sing a new song and to breathe in and to breathe out your praises, God. I pray as a church community that we would be able to grow in the practice of bringing our songs to you, whether they are old songs that become new or whether they are new songs that your spirit has put within us and just cannot wait to come out, God. I pray for our church family. I pray that when we gather together for our time of singing, that we would be able to participate, whether that is with our words and our song or whether that is with being fully present to who you are and what you are doing in our church community. And whether we want to just get fully into it or we don't have the strength or energy that we would be fully present, authentic, and honest about where we are at, but that we would be present to your Spirit's leading as well, God. We look forward to a day when we're able to gather together in person and sing with one another. But until then, I, I just pray that your spirit would invite us into the practice of singing a new song in the sanctuary of our living room, in the sanctuary of our dorm room, in the sanctuary of our bedrooms, our cars, God, that we would be able to take simple phrases that you have placed in our hearts, whether they're praises of thanksgiving, thank you, thank you, thank you, whether it's all the strength we can muster it up, muster up, bring peace to our anxious heart. Whatever it is inside of us, that we would be able to bring it to you in song, God. We thank you for this call. We thank you for this invitation. And we thank you that we're able to sing together as a church family virtually today. It is a gift. And we breathe in your gift and we breathe out your gift as praise to you, holy God, holy, holy, holy. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen, church.
Have a great day. God's grace and peace be with you. listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com.